And thank you so much, choir, for that wonderful cantata and re reminder of uh, what our Savior's birth is about. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Luke chapter 2? If you don't have your Bibles, most of the principal verses we'll be looking at today are in this, um, this outline, so you could refer to that as well. Luke chapter 2, and let's, uh, let's start with verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men verse 13 says that suddenly there was with this angel a host of other angels uh, the, the word host here is uh, sometimes translated army. So there's an ironic situation that you have an army of angels proclaiming peace. Normally armies don't come proclaiming peace. But this army of angels did. And God knew the price it would take to procure that peace. Because the whole world lay in enmity against God. All men were enemies of God. Were in the darkness of the, the kingdom of Satan. And God knew the price it would take. To redeem those on earth. And call them to himself. Knowing that price. The crucifixion of this baby that was being born. He still calls it a time of great joy. As Paul Rader asked in this poem, That Christmas day, if you were God, and that were your son on that stable sod, wrapped for death with its sin-cursed sing, would you have made the angels sing? Would you have sent a lovely star to guide the wise men from afar? While weaklings did what haters bid, our loving Heavenly Father did. And so there is joy in the birth of Christ. I want to look especially at verses 10 and 11 here. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. You, you'll notice in almost every appearance in the Bible of an angel, the first thing they have to say is, do not fear. 
because that's the normal reaction to any human being beholding uh, a glimpse of the power and majesty of an angel who, who because of being in the presence of God just reflect that glory they themselves of course are not gods or eternal beings but they are uh, um, glorious beings and a re reminder to us of the glory of heaven and so the angel says don't be afraid for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people good tidings of great joy before the accounts of Christ's birth in Matthew and here in Luke the last mention of joy in the Bible was 500 years before this through the prophet Zechariah so for 500 years there had not been a mention of joy from heaven the long night has now turned to day with the coming of the son of God the fast is over with the arrival of the bread of life and morning has broken because Jesus the Christ the light of the world has come and so the angels who have beheld his glory since their creation are declaring to the, the world here is the Christ joy to the world it's interesting too that the angel says joy to the world joy which will be to all people for those ethnocentric Jews of Jesus day who thought that God was only concerned for them here comes a message which includes blessings for all the world including us he didn't come just for them but broader than that in universal in scope because this is good tidings of great joy which will be for all peoples no matter what nationality or culture or ethnic background it's for all people and it is good tidings the, the Greek word here would be translated evangel it's where we get the, the word evangelist but this Greek word evangel is most often translated in the New Testament as gospel. So really what they're saying here, that, that I bring you the gospel of great joy which shall be for all people. Because the gospel includes the, the birth, the incarnation of our Savior. And they declare a Savior is born. He he was born a savior as we heard earlier he didn't become a savior it wasn't as he lived his life he was good enough to become a savior it, it wasn't because of his great teaching that he became a savior it wasn't because of the mechanizations of the, the uh, Roman army or the politics of Jerusalem nothing made him developed him into being a savior he came born a savior not only his title but his mission for there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord he is, he is Christ which is the, the 
the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew Messiah. So it's like saying, here is the Messiah born to you, and he is the Lord. The angels who were created thousands of years ago, and I, I believe they were created before the earth was, because God created the heavens and then the earth, as he created the heavens and the angels in them, they then beheld his creation of all the earth. And Job uh, 38 says that they sang together at God's creation of the earth. And so those angels from since that moment were praising this creator, Jesus Christ, are now declaring he is the Lord, the same Lord God creator that we have known in heaven all of our existence. He has now come to this earth. He is born a savior, born a king. So there is joy in the birth of Christ. And secondly, there is joy in believing in Christ. Romans chapter 15. In the first part of this passage, again we see... Uh, reiterated to us that this joy in the coming of Christ was broader than just the Jewish people. It was intended for the whole world. Romans 15, starting at verse 7. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles that's the rest of the world might glorify God for his mercy as it is written and now here comes a, a series of prophecies from the Old Testament that Christ would come to save Gentiles as well for, for this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name and again he says rejoice O Gentiles with his people and again praise the Lord all you Gentiles laud him all you people and again Isaiah says there shall be a root of Jesse and he shall come he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles in him the Gentiles shall hope so there is joy to the world this included all of mankind all all the nations but more specifically there is joy in believing verse 13 now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit so may God of hope fill you to, to the brim with all joy how do you get all of this joy and this peace? It is in believing. That's where it is found. Joy is received by believing in the Christ. If you have a lack of joy or a lack of peace, why is that? It's because of a lack of believing. The antidote to a lack of joy or peace is believing in the Christ. He will fill you with all joy and peace in believing. 
Thirdly, there is joy in living for Christ. Just the uh, chapter before this, Romans 14. Starting at verse 14, Paul is talking about how we need to be careful about how we live among other people so that we don't unduly offend them or cause them to stumble. In other words, be conscious of them, aware of them, compassionate toward them. Verse 14, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet, if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. There is joy in serving Christ instead of serving self. Instead of saying, well, you know, I ought to be able to get away with this and who are they to uh, think ill of me for doing that if there's something that's causing someone else to stumble in their own walk then give it up refrain from it, at least with them think of others more highly than yourself but most of all think of Christ more highly than yourself because he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men so to be acceptable to God we need to ask ourselves, am I serving God with my life or am I serving self? Because joy comes in serving Him, putting Him and others above myself. And there is joy in the kingdom of God. Verse 17, you see, the kingdom of God is not things like eating and drinking. It's not about what we have or what we wear, uh, our position, or anything physical. It's not mundane things like eating and drinking. The, here's what the kingdom of God is about. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. There is, there is joy in living for Christ. Fourth, there is joy in sharing Christ. First. Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20 says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For you are our glory and joy. You know, you have often heard it said that you can't take it with you when you die. All the stuff you're getting for Christmas, you're not going to be able to take it with you. Um, nothing that we have we can take with us. But there's a sense in which there is something we can take. There's something that we will see in heaven, and that is the souls of other people. The, those people in the presence of Christ. And if you've had an opportunity to witness to them and to share with them the good news of Christ, the gospel of Christ, 
and they now believe in him that's what you're taking to heaven that's what you're going to see of yours in heaven your brothers and sisters in Christ and that's what Paul is saying here that's our crown of rejoicing our great joy it is you in the presence of Christ seeing you one day there and everyone that we can share the gospel with and see them come to Christ that's a treasure that we will get to have in heaven we will get to see there's joy in sharing Christ and finally there's joy in the presence of Christ Jude the last uh, book before Revelation the last two verses of that book of Jude verse 24 and 25 now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen now think with me through this a little bit now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling now it's true that we all stumble through life not only physically but spiritually but we're never going to stumble to the degree that we can't get back up so Christ is able to keep us from utterly stumbling and in fact the degree to which he keeps us is in, in the next phrase and to present you faultless he is going to present you if you have put your trust your faith in him without blemish without any spot with no sin faultless he is going to present you faultless before the presence of his glory have you ever wondered what it's going to be like when you get there? I mean, are you going to cower in shame because of the glory of Christ? No. He is going to present you faultless before his own presence, before his own glory, with exceeding joy. That's what it's going to be. Exceeding joy. That's why the angel said joy to the world because they knew not just that Christ the Savior is born but that what this was going to lead to. He will present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Therefore, to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen <clears throat> the angels long ago sang of the the presence of Christ on the earth we will one day know the joy of the of the presence of Christ in heaven we will be in that presence and in that eternal joy and today, in between that long ago time that he was born and that yet coming day when we'll be in his presence, today, if you are a believer, you are in a sense the Bethlehem of Christ. 
your heart was that dark and dingy, crude and cruddy manger. Not fit for a king. But he dwells in you anyways. It's a remarkable thing to us that the Lord of glory would come to be born in such lowly circumstances in a manger in a small town of Bethlehem. What is much more remarkable is that he would come to dwell in these earthen sinful vessels to take up residence here and to bring joy not just to the world but to bring joy inside forever. Christ in you, the hope of glory and the joy of eternity. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, how we thank you for this greatest Christmas gift of all that you would send your Son and our Savior to this earth. That you did so on purpose to send him as a Savior to die for our sins. And all who put their faith and trust in you will know not only joy in this life, but the eternal joy that you have for us in heaven. Lord, as we celebrate in this next week, uh, Christmas, we pray that we would keep foremost in our mind the gift of the Savior and honor you because of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.